Hello, eh, we're, we're here on the National Day with Danny Erns, so I'm eh, Aaron and I'm, I'm joined here by Mike. Hello, Mike. Hello. That is eh, obviously quite a, a big eh, month for, for eh, Dunfermline, eh, a little bit of a, well, I guess a bit of a bump, but eh, as we, we'll get into that. Eh, also started off with eh, Montrose, a 2-0 win, eh, I guess you can say it was eh, Craig White and really coming back into his own a bit. Nah, he's been a bit quiet the last couple of years with his... Eh, do you, do you see him now taking that as a as a step on with with a uh, uh, peak and, and and possibly forging himself a bit more of a, a career with Dunfermline again? Well, I think when you we take the case that he was on loan last season for the latter part of the campaign, hadn't he scored for Dunfermline throughout the whole of last season. When it goes to Abroth, Dick Campbell, you think maybe up oh, here's something refresh. Fine at the right end of the table instead, um, but again, didn't quite click from like it did the last time he was with uh, the Red Lickties. Again, comes in, new manager, maybe a bit maligned by the support base because obviously, if you're a striker and you don't score, you know, fine well, uh, you can, for yeah. example, <laughs> in recent seasons for Kevin Beath, that if it doesn't quite click, then the supporters aren't going to take it to you. There's been numerous examples throughout world football, never made the friendly football of strikers just not clicking. He seemed to be one that just like. His face wasn't fitting, but considering there was his eleventh goal of the campaign, that tally in recent seasons only been surpassed by Kevin Nisbet. Now we've seen what he's gone on to do. Now it is League One. You have to preface it with that. It's not the Championship or even the Premiership, but I think any striker scoring goals in a team that has struggled to score goals this season on a consistent basis, the fact that they're only the fifth top goal scorers in the division, I think has to be applauded. And it's it's not even that. It's a smart movement. He's got good touches. He brings ours into play as well as being a potent finisher. Yes, sometimes he seems to be a torn-faced bastard, but again, you can accept that if he's performing on the field, which he is. You said that, also um, it's only been Kevin Nisbet that surpassed him recently, but also Kevin Nisbet was a a, a talent that Dunfermline won't see again for a, for a, well, probably a few seasons now. He's, he is, seems one of those one-at-a-time for, for for teams around Dunfermline's uh, uh, kind of arc of influence. Uh, obviously, Craig Whiting's still only twenty-five-two, so it's not—it's not like he's—he's he's completely done with his potential, and that way, which I find quite surprised because he looks ancient. So, obviously, um, hard paper in for him, but he's—he's he's still got time on his side to to really push on as a as a football player, and you've got to feel that it's probably. The right place to 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 find your uh, find your form again with a, a team that's gonna comfortably win the league. You've got to say, and if obviously uh, eleven goals is uh, in 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 modern standards is a good return for a for a striker, yeah, regardless of what what level it is. And through the games that we talk here, um, he added an extra few to his tally as well. I th- I think as well, like you said, League One's a good place to be able to do it if you can because. Shankland took the step back, Nisbet himself took the step back with Ray Flores before he came to Dunfreeland. Um, I'm not saying Wayne is going to go back to the level of being a Premiership striker on a consistent basis like he was with Hearts or Dundee. <coughs> but there's no reason he can be, can't be a full-time footballer for the good majority of the rest of his career, which he's managed to sustain here. So I think it is very interesting that 25 is a good age. You still should have seven, eight years left, left in your legs to be able to compete. Um, so yeah, should make it continue because without his goals and an our striker that we're going to talk to in a, in a, in a game's time here, yeah, I mean, Dunfermline could be languishing uh, quite a, a bit behind Falkirk, but thankfully we're five points up. Well, also at the start of the season, that was uh, that was seen as kind of with with Falkirk bringing in John McGlynn and Dunfermline maybe not having the off season what fans would have expected or, or really desired. It, there was a bit of a fear there that, that Falkirk would have been the, the kind of forerunners in the league. And though they've they've improved greatly under McGlynn, they're, they're still not the, the finished article that, that you'd think that Falkirk would, would want themselves. So it's it's good that it had the potential to be a bit of a banana skin for, for a banana skin for Dunfermline this year so it's it's good to see Dunfermline really take that on, on the chin and, and and run with it as well well you've got to look at how many teams have come a cropper in recent past yes. in terms of <clears throat> being being sustained the one out when you thought they were going to get the division at the first or second time of asking um, Rafe Rovers the only team to blow a five point lead at this stage of the season 
um, under under McGlynn when he was Rafe Rovers, the, the other team had Lauren Shankland, um, so that that helped them immensely. And there's still a fixture between the two to go, so it wasn't like Falkirk were poor by uh, sorry Rafe Rovers weren't poor by any stretch of the imagination during the last ten or so games of the season, but. Um, Falkirk still in, the, still in the malaise this could be what the fourth or fifth season if they don't get out of the division this time around thanks to the mess that Paul Hartley created a few campaigns back um, Queen of Cephal languishing quite low on the table I know they're probably the smallest full time team in the, in the league but still even when they had Alan Johnson flying in League 1 um, and they had sustained periods of time when they were in the Premiership playoffs never mind the League 1 uh, the Championship playoffs so I, th- I think you as a full-time team, you've got to be very careful of going down to League One because you, if you don't get it right the first time of asking, I'm not saying McPake's been perfect at everything, but the MO, the job, however you want to describe it, it's get back up by any means necessary, then worry about the next season. I'd say that it's, it's, it's good that McPake's not managed to do everything right because the last manager that, that got them filming out of League One was Alan Johnson, who got everything right, and obviously his, his record against part-time teams is substantial, but... Then again, he was with full-time teams in, in, in League One with uh, Queen of South and then with uh, Dunfermline. Uh, but he certainly, uh, came from, from from my point of view, it did look like Dunfermline fans kind of got ahead of themselves with that. And uh, obviously he's went up that, that uh, into the Championship and struggled and didn't hit the heights that I guess the fans were expecting without really... I'd say without really understanding where Dunfermline uh, were or, or still are really as a, as a football club and that is as a as a kind of perennial first uh, championship team. Uh, I think the expectation of the support wasn't high in the sense that if you look at the teams that have won League One the season after, with the exception of our Brofoot, which was COVID season, and, and Martin, which was the poorest League One team to win the title for, many a year if not quite a few decades <clears throat> every team gets at least fourth and Dunfermline were fifth and that was due in part by a poor start to the season um, so fourth was eminently gettable for a team with that budget especially um, but, they, but they fell short under Johnson Johnson's reign like you said it was I think an article at the time and this would have been 8-9 eight, eight, years ago now flat track bully like you like said great against the part time teams when it comes against the full time teams like I recognised Dundee United was atrocious. Um, teams that teams that have maybe come down from the from the Premiership, they won the games that we won. Poor record against Green and Martin. You know what I mean? So like, if you win this league one the uh, title, they must to kick on and go and uh, go and finish in the in the in the Premiership play- playoffs because that's what they're feeling. I th- I think minimum expectation for any full time team in the Championship is you've got to try and try and finish even if it's just fourth. That's where the, the goal's got to be. Now, whether you get there every season or not is another thing, but I don't think the Premier have had stability in terms of a good run of maybe top half finishes in one division since um, the year we went down in 2008 and then we finished fifth, third, third and first and then went back up to the top flight. I think that's the last time the Premier had any stability in the league season and that, that would just be nice to have going forward now. Uh, back to the, the Montrose game, mostly a 2-0 win. Um, again, Montrose have proven quite stiff opposition for, for Dunfermline this year, uh, the only team to, to uh, beat them in, in the league. Uh, I guess it's good for them to, to get to get a, a good win uh, against them, especially this time of the year as well. Uh, we'll, we'll get onto it later on. That we've had, well, we wouldn't even say it's much of a kind of buckle, but um, obviously a, 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 a poor, poor kind of a couple of games against uh, Adrianians. Uh, but Good to, to see them win against a team that, that had that potential to uh, to trip them up. Yeah, especially since last time out, like I said, the, the film lost up in uh, Allings Park. <coughs> the home record hasn't been great. They've not always been able to keep clean sheets, but they're still undefeated. It's a very strange atmosphere when you go to the film because you never quite feel, especially in the first half of games, that they're going to do something or kick on. But they eventually get the result in the end. And the, the shame is, it's... Montrose are on a poor run of form just now. It feels like with Angus clubs, them and uh, our both, they're maybe needing a refresher. So I'm not talking in terms of the dugout, but the playing squads maybe come to, come to their end. I think Montrose are quite an aged squad and maybe they're feeling the, in the legs this season. That's, maybe that's why they've had a downturn since Christmas. But I think the games against Clyde and Peterhead at home, 
that are the most disappointing. Um, the fact that they are two 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 draws, uh, in situations where you should be beating them, considering how poor they are this season. That's not been an arrogant thing. Most teams, no matter where they are in the division, should be beating Clyde and Peterhead on a more consistent basis than than what they're playing. The fact that they've had tougher games against those pair than they have against legs of Al, who's upcoming on Saturday, or. Edinburgh City who are uh, charging for the playoffs is kind of indicative of maybe a problem that McPake has inherited that can't quite break down teams he's very good defensively in building a system but if a, if a team maybe opens up a wee bit more they know how to counteract it such as the result of uh, Falkirk Stadium but if a team sits in and digs in and fights and then it's all very cliched things they don't quite know how to break it find the space pool players make the runs and I think maybe maybe that's the next evolution of uh, McPakes and Fremont. Is that say been an indictment of of many Dunfermline teams? Uh, for, well, for for a, as as long as our uh, kind of life lifetime's been uh, that they've they have struggled to break down teams uh, that want to sit in on them. Uh, for for all intents and purposes, uh, but moving on, uh, also come back for for um, for three uh, three nil down at, at the half. Uh, First time since uh, Stenis Sweden in 2013 that he's that um, have come back to win a game. I think that was uh, Andy Gagan got the got the, the winner in the ninety second or ninety third minute, wasn't yeah, it against yeah. Stenis Sweden? So. Uh, Alan Smith scored as well. Nah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, back in the, the days <laughs> when the, the youth team were, were the heroes. <laughs> uh, Ask me where I was that day. Where, mm. where was I that day in energy? I was in the uh, Coat Bridge <laughs> watching one of the worst games of football life. Been in the calendar for quite a while. Uh, friend of the podcast, obviously David Nugent. Invite me along to see Aaron Overs. Missed these five goals, didn't realise until half time that they were, they were leading 1 0. Horrid game of football afterwards. Aaron Overs have some good players, but basically for the last 25 minutes, I'm on my phone looking at Dumfrieland. Barely, red card, right? Second goes in, third goes in. Fucking hell, we're 4 3 up and I've missed it because I'm three miles long. The road and fucking go bridge. I did have a bit of a chuckle when, especially when you told me that you'd missed the goal, I was uh, sat at Central Park watching the. Uh, uh, Ken B for Rangers B, and uh, when I when I looked at it, and she's why hell he's missed he's missed potentially the, the game of the, the game of the season. Well, it will be the game of the season for Dunfermline. What a comeback for his uh, indictment of a uh, well a sign of a champion that to, to to be able to well you'd expect them like, to to if they were to come back and get a point for that that's a sign of a champion. But to go on and and win that is just a uh, this shows you that that Dunfermline do have that in their in their uh, back locker that they can. Beat any team in the league. The fact that they're well, Airdrie uh, have been the bogey team of Falkirk since um, they've came down, and they've been the bogey team of Dunfermline for the best part of a decade. Plus, when we've played them, even though we've not played them for seven ish years now, <coughs> shows you that um, it was good to maybe put a hoodoo to bed. Um, whether that means anything in the general sense of anything, I don't know. But it's certainly a game that you could point out and look at. Dunfermline can come back, never seem defeated. Yes, a bit of luck. luck needs to go your way. Yes, chances need to fall for them. Like everything went into the net after that 60th minute there, but the record's tremendous when you consider the, the, the least amount of times they've been behind in the division. They've been behind eight times, which is the same as Falkirk. They've only lost once when they've been behind, and that was the game against the Montrose with the score at all. And they've got the most points from those positions, 11, tied with Edinburgh, but Edinburgh have been behind twice as many times, so they've got more opportunities to pick up points. And the fact that Todorov always goals seem to be important. For I the always club. mind you saying that uh, he's he's also scored the uh, same goals this season for the club, uh, but he's not had one that's been like a padded goal. So he's going uh, scoring a goal when you you're two 0 up to make it three 0 That that all all these goals have actually made something towards uh, towards the, the points tally. And I read a, I read a chapter in a book called Soconomics about. Um, was the soccer numbers and the numbers game is irrelevant which one it was, but it's one of the two. Both excellent books that you should check out if you're interested in numbers with sport. But it was the should Chelsea have signed um, Jermaine Defoe instead of Fernando Torres, and it was counting the number of goals, important goals that Jermaine Defoe had scored in the last five seasons or something. In fact, it wasn't Jermaine Defoe; it was Darren Bent, and it was like Fernando Torres only scored twenty percent of his goals at Liverpool that were important goals, so goals that changed the state of a game. There's zero zero becoming one nil, one nil becoming <coughs> eh, sorry two one one becoming two one etc. And Darren Bent's goals, sixty percent of his goals for example, were important goals. So there is something to say for a striker who doesn't just pad their stats. You see it in basketball for example. Eh, is it is it bad is a bad player a good team or is a good team a eh, bad player? 
are these guys that can just put up numbers when there's nothing around surrounding them because they're the only guy that's relied upon. Whereas Todorov has, doesn't start too many games, but he comes off the bench and I suppose because there's five substitutes these days, you're more seen as a finisher because in, in ice hockey, you mean, it's rolling subs. But in, in football, you're seeing these guys as you can just change the whole forward line or the whole uh, emphasis of that. Uh, five subs has started to remind me a bit of baseball with them uh, maybe putting on uh, two, three pitchers in a, in a game and also having your having your closer out to just, just uh, uh, run the, the game home. Uh, obviously, bringing, bringing, uh, bringing on that fourth or fifth sub can be seen as, as just... Just bringing them on to, to maybe break break a bit of the momentum of the, the other team, but then just to to, to, to push give give yourself that, that bit of energy, that bit of a bit of a momentum, just to just to finish off the game. I, th- I think it's it obviously benefits the team with better resources. Because if you can if you if you got better resources, you can sign more players, you can fill the bench to a better um, quality. Um, so now it becomes it doesn't become a game of fourteen players, it becomes a game of sixteen players, and this will become a squad game of. Um, 18 players becomes a score game of 20 so that changes the emphasis slightly in terms of the quality of pool that teams can drop on as well but I think the Dunfermline squad now we'll get into the transfers later but I think now we're looking at a very settled Dunfermline uh, squad McPeak quite early figured out his defence and seen what he wanted and <clears throat> to go 3-0 down to Airdrie and win 4-3 you'll take it you don't want to be, don't want to be conceding those three goals but you want to take it because of the momentum boost that I can give you for the rest of the season moving forward. The the sign that you can come down from a ridiculous scoreline and the will and the belief within these players that that's something you can point at on a Monday morning when you're breaking down the game. Yes, things went wrong. Yes, defensively we were poor. But look at the fighting endeavour that you boys gave it, etc, etc. You're, you're instilling these boys with the confidence to go forward and thinking, we'll never, we'll never be, even if it's into the 8th minute, and we're losing 2-0 there's always a chance that we can come back and salvage something from the game I think that's vitally important in the running uh, and then obviously the, the next game on from that was was at home to Adrian's uh, you touched upon it we came talking about the, the Montrose game uh, poor first half we saw that against Adrian's when, when they were 3-0 up uh, went 1-0 up against Dunfermline it took a well a, a late a late equaliser and then also they missed the chance to win the game with the penalty but uh, obviously Dunfermline and uh, that's what I was wanting to say about it because uh, uh, well, he's also got the points he's not been defeated again but uh, it, it felt and I think that's uh, it's brilliant if that this is your if this is your running bad form is uh, having to have the comfort behind to win a game uh, and, and emphatically win a game uh, from, from 3-0 down or um, again, having, a, having a draw against the team that you've just beaten uh, Obviously, um, you'd have probably wanted the players to have a bit more of a, a reaction uh, to, to being 3 0 down. It didn't happen. Uh, Adrianians went went 1 0 up. It took uh, was it the 74th or 5th minute for uh, for um, Dunfermline to equalise. And then obviously the, into the last 10 minutes when, when they. Uh, I can't remember what the Adrianians did. Joshua Ree uh, gave away a penalty for his second second yellow card. Uh, David Hutton come, came on ex par, right? as, 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 as history will tell you, an ex player will always come back to haunt you, especially a goalkeeper, and, uh, and saved a, a penalty for uh, um, Benedict's uh, second miss of the, uh, the season. It's also Darren Diamond and David Hutton that uh, Airdrians felt the need that they had to take an emergency goalkeeper on loan to, to come up for David Hutton because they don't want him to be exposed too much in the Airdrians' goal. Um, I wonder if the team was uh, how do you factor in these things how do you explain them away it's a game of football it's 90 minutes a lot can happen in a, in a football but I, I, wonder, mean, I, guess, I wonder if they're just mentally drained from the 4-3 I, I get, well I guess it's really, really well you're going to have the <coughs> sorry I'm like coughing here uh, Adrianians are, are going to look well we threw away three points there they're going to be uh, buoyed to, to try and um, well, one one back a bit of fever, one back a bit, bit of respect. Came out, came off a game plan to to, to nullify Dunfermline. It's worked the game for them. Also, not as a, as a, clinically as what happened in the in the, uh, the the previous game, but came in one 0 Dunfermline for for all the all the criticisms that you, you can put at them this season, uh, they know how to to pull themselves back into games and and to well grind out results, which has probably not been seen for a couple of seasons now. 
at Dunfermline. So it's good to see that. No, you, you can, with, with the missed penalty, it, it, it can be seen as two points dropped. You've come back again against a, a team as as you say you've had a, a very poor record against uh, in, the, in the last kind of decade, and then to to say well we've we've, we've taken uh, four points from from a possible six, which is is championship form. Yeah, I think where there's a mental drain, like I said, what what's happened with the opposition, etc. But there's a there's a pattern in first halves, especially East End Park. When we're shooting towards the Count Beath end, nothing's, nothing's going in. Uh, <clears throat> I wonder if it's a case of, like we said with the five subs, that we always know there's there's the there's the cavalry coming over the hill. Uh, we've always got that in the back pocket the last half of our 20 minutes of a game. Um, but it's just like, the, the, so many times the Fremont have failed to can, uh, score in the first half at home. I think only Kelly's done uh, more so. But then they always they always come back. They never to get the beer at home um, in all in all competitions. So no matter even just League One, where I'm being, where I'm being, in, where I'm being since Effie Ambrose made a fucking arse of it <laughs> against Queens Park in the in the relegation decider. I think that's just a. I wonder if Mike Pake's just that kind of pragmatic coach, defensive minded coach, where it's safety first, half time you can maybe jig things and then you come out the second half better, which is. Absolutely fine, but I don't. That's I think that's fine. Your team at this level, when you've got the resources to be better than most of them, when you come to the championship, I think you need f- not faster starts that you leave yourself exposed in the back, but you need more considered starts. Whereas, how how do we put a market down early doors? How do we make the defence struggle? Like the the simplest thing, the goalkeeper wants to touch early early doors. How do you sell them them into the game? But how do you disrupt the opposition? How do you get the centre backs running back towards goals? How do you get them doing things that they don't want to be doing until they've kind of felt felt the kind of run or the need of the game? So I think there's there's still obviously room for improvement. There's wee factors in there that you want to see rectified down the straight. But all in all, yeah, four points from six, like you said, you'd be greedy to one more at the expense of something else. As you as you say, um, Dunfermline have uh, have struggled this season just to, to to break down teams at home. Uh, you went in down to, to Dumfries to, to win against uh, Queen of South 2 0. Your home form has been spotty at, at times. Away though is, is impeccable. You, you've had a, a great time. Uh, obviously, Queen of South aren't the, aren't, uh, for a full time team, are probably the weakest full time team in Scotland. And there are uh, teams in, in League One, well, kind of league, the league table doesn't lie, but you, you, you wouldn't. Expect uh, Queen of the South to to do well against the top end uh, part time uh, part time sides anyway. Uh, Marvin Bartley's just taken over. Uh, you've got to think that you have had a little bit of bounce. You've 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 handled handled the kind of new manager bounce well to to, to come away with three points there. Yeah, because I think the fact he had two wins and a loss, I believe, in his first three games. Uh, lost three 0 against Kelly and now he's lost two 0 against the Freeland. So it's dropped like a stone. The new manager bounce has dropped like a stone very quickly. But I think obviously he's still finding his feet. Um, he wasn't going to win every game the rest of the way, was he? So I think there's still a case of him kind of sorting out his own situation. The fact that Dunfermline just seem to have Queen of the South's number in recent times. That's three times on the, on the spin they've gone down there since that infamous uh, hounding out of uh, Peter Grant uh, last season. Um, the Freeland won two 0 two 0 two 0 these are the games where you're very happy as a manager. <clears throat> I think the three 0 against Alwall early on in the season, just quiet, just very quiet, considered games. Yes, Queen of had some chances. Teams are always going to ha- have opportunities to score goals, eh, unless you're less against Arsenal on, on last Saturday when we only had one shot. But but just very quiet games when you can bring an opponent McGowan to get his debut. Um, so I think just these kind of just very professional, very quiet performances away from home. Just to tick the box, move on to next week. That's exactly what you want. And I think the interesting thing is the films away from no matter what level for a number of years was very poor. Um, the home form was always excellent. Under Crawford, even when he was going through his hardships, it was still a great home record. It was very much. And I think that's maybe what Duffield fans are trying to juxtapose at the moment. It's like, even when we were shite, why was the home form was still pretty solid? So when we're good, why is it not more? Consistent. Why is it kind of fifty-fifty drawing, drawing loss against 
we could up uh, sorry draw and win against we could opposition. Um, but listen, if you're a travelling Dublin supporter, you're having a whale of a time at the moment. Well, that's it. It's, it's uh, you, you, you want to you want to win your games away. Uh, it's always it's always been said that if you if you can get a, a draw draw your games away and win your games at home, you'll you'll be in a good stead for for uh, gaining promotion and and uh, and <clears throat> winning the winning the league. Dunfermline, it is Dunfermline's uh, league to lose. You've also still got to, to uh, play Falkirk twice. It's down to five points, but. Looking at Falkirk and looking at Dunfermline, you can't see you can't see Falkirk pulling off two wins against Dunfermline to draw that that five points away. You can maybe see them uh, sneaking one one way uh, one win against these probably the home game at, at Grangemouth. Um, but you can't see Dunfermline slipping up out with of any other team now to to to, to fall away. Uh, you've got to, you've got to think that it is it is your uh, your league to lose. It's been your league to lose for quite evidently early on into the season as well. These next three games, um, Alwa uh, host Falkirk host and Peterhead away to start their last nine games this season. They're not all must wins, but I think you need seven points from nine. Um, Drug is Falkirk, absolutely fine. You keep them at hands distance. I know. Some boys in the podcast chat are joking that they could be 10 points ahead with three games remaining and still not be confident of the title. I think that's because the fragility that Peter Grant and Peter, uh, Peter Grant and John Hughes have instilled into the support um, means... Because like, even as the Dunfermline fan last season when it was shit, I didn't expect to get relegated to Queen's Park. I expect us to go down, but the shock was that we went down to Queen's Park. Um, so I, I think that there is a kind of fragile nature within the support. And it's not helped because we can't get off the fast starts at home. But again, we didn't get a fast start against Falkirk at home. Uh, Drew on one. Kyle picked this penalty. First of the season against his former manager. Take the same again, absolutely. Falkirk are a better football and play on the deck side than Dunfermline. They've shown that against, across the two games. But Dunfermline are a better wily side. They're better at um, that game against Grangemouth. We had John McGlynn. Well, the, the statement about the fucking corners. You know what I mean? <laughs> we had more corners. So we should have won the game. That statement was hilarious for two reasons. One, ridiculous statement to make. But two, Dunfermline's goal came from a corner. <laughs> it literally came from a corner as well. So um, it's about how effective you are in the pitch. And on that day, Dunfermline were effective. Dennis Mowat didn't have the save to make to the 90th minute. So for all focus possession, neat tidy passes. If you hold them at arm's length, Mars not for, not a job does it and I think that's maybe where some people get wanky about their football and such not want to play like Pep Guardiola's Barcelona but you still have to the process still has to be to put the ball in the back of the net I think uh, Morris Ross also came beef manager uh, done an interview with the with the Scotsman's Evening Times uh, this week and he, I think he said it quite well that you're that used to watching Sky Sports. You that used to uh, people neurotically breaking down every part of the, uh, part of the game. You watch um, Jamie Carragher tell you what what Mo Salah should have done or kind against Leicester or or how or how Bournemouth better could have defended a a two one lead. And it's kind of ingrained its way now into into everyday life that people are now. Looking in, looking at a football pitch and and expecting expecting mental results which won't happen out with the elite level of of the sport. The feeling that are unbeaten the next three games, um, they'll, they'll be the best undefeated run since going up from the first division as it was called into the SPL. So spanning two seasons when we started so well in the SPL season, Bogart gets gets injured, Chris Smith comes in, whole season goes to shit. That, that I think that should be the goal for this James Wick Peak team saying three games we get seven points from nine games now you don't tell the team this title's done but you set the marker that's the expectation no, that's this, what, yeah. this is what we're this is what we're aiming for now we this is a chance to kill Falkirk off to drain them of their confidence to leave them in the dust the, the, uh, Falkirk I can't remember if it's hosting or visit Peterhead on Saturday that should be a win for Falkirk Again, you know, you never know what can never what can happen in football. I think when you talk about that granular detail, 
Football's all about the break of the ball a lot of times, you know what I mean? Especially uh, at this level. It's yeah. not, uh, you're not going to have, you're, you're not going to, a player doesn't exist at this level that can that can take take a game on on his shoulders like like what the likes of uh, Mo Salah has been able to do in, in the past. Uh, I, I keep on going about that Mo Salah because that's the only player I can think of right now. That says that you can like your your Messi's, your your Neymar's. If 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 that was to come out of Dunfermline in League One, there it's because he can only do it once every blue moon. It's not if those kind of players, those strikers that score. Uh, 30 goals a season they're snapped up Kevin Nisbet went up because of that reason they, they, they don't exist at League 1 level and I think I think that's been a bit of a another kind of like your dad's having a go at Sky Sports again but I think that's been a bit of what, what's went wrong with the sport is is because of this 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 breakdown of of where it has to go wrong there's there's ne- never anything that's just a good move anymore. There's always a, a bad defensive lapse in, in games. It's, it's, it's not just oh he done well there. No, it's just they, they always get oh well we should have taken two steps to the right and he's able to cut across. But that that's hindsight. That and, and even even to say that he's taken those two steps across, he's he's not going to have uh, been able. To, he might not have like, recognised that he, he needs to go that way. The um... I put on Twitter uh, before the Queen of the South game that the next three games, seven point was the minimum expectation for what Dunfermline would respect. And I got a barrage of tweets saying, no, I need nine points. And it was like, well, first of all, it's the minimum. So it was like, the, the, the low end, I can't get it. If I said the minimum expectation is nine points, I mean, we're in a bad situation when nothing apart from perfections going to get us. But there's nothing wrong going to Dunfermline and drawing. Um, sometimes, sometimes that's fine. It, some points matter more than other points. So obviously, Falkirk are chasing us to the table. Those three points on that Saturday mean more than the three points against Alla, for example, because it's you're not just inflicting the harm on yourself if you uh, on your opponent if you beat you beat them. You're dragging yourself up very quickly. We're not in competition with Alla at the moment. If we drop points with to Alba and a draw, not the end of the world. But if you drop points to Falkirk, for example, that's it's not, it. it's not the must win but it's the must not lose without a shadow of a doubt and I think that there needs to be an expectation in sports as well they get that bit between the teeth then. No, it's, 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 it, and then even there you're looking over your shoulder thinking what they're doing you're not thinking about your game some points are literally worth more than other points even though it's the same three points in theory what the the factor of what the, that can do to the opposition uh, can, can, like, it, it can derail them it can, it can really put harm in their sports if the film beat Falkirk, that means the three unbeaten got seven points to Falkirk's one. That's a six point gap just in real terms of head to head. That's the belt And how does McGlynn get his team up for the last game against Grangemouth? In a sense, it might, it might mean for not because the film are so far ahead by that point. So it's like you've got to you've got to pick and choose the points that really do matter. And they won't always come, but I think that there's got to be more emphasis on that these three points matter than some other three points. So if we end down to Dumfries and Drew, not great. You want to beat Queen of the South, but it wouldn't be the it wouldn't be the end of the world. That's the point I was trying to emphasise on Twitter. We we'll just uh, move on to I guess this talking point. I'm guessing you've put this into the notes because Dunfermline's had an awful record in the cup in the last kind of decade. <laughs> but uh, Dunfermline won four one against Dundee in the reserves league cup. They'll go on to to play Queen of the Queen of the South in the semi final on the fourteenth of March. It's uh, setting up a potential winner. Uh, takes it all about against Kilmarnock or Dundee United. Uh, obviously, um, if if they do well, if they do win against Queen of South, it will be their first kind of cup final since the under twenties against Celtic about uh, the the time that we went in, uh, went into administration. So, also cup finals, cup finals, a day out. Uh, if if it happens, we'd uh, we'd encourage every fan to to try and get across if you can. Um, just a just a, a good day out. You see see. It doesn't matter. Okay, it doesn't matter what it is. It's it's seen it's seen uh, it's seen Dunfermline colours in, in, a, in a cup final and, and something that you can't see that you you'll see happen again. And this was the first reserve game where Dunfermline actually fielded what I would say is a lot of their first team players because they obviously wanted the top berth because they made an arse of it administration wise in terms of they fielded an eligible player against Dundee United in the, and when they beat them in the penalty shoot win against uh, sorry East End Park. But you're but you're right. It's like I, I put this I put this in to emphasise the point that very quickly behind the scenes, Dunfermline are uh, built up a good kind of youth rapport, getting decent players in. 
and it's, sh- it's shown that the fact that they're put up to teams or that are probably better financed well, they're not saying they put better resources into the youth team but they beat Dundee they beat Dundee there they faced Hibs um, Hearts, are, Hearts are also kicking about there Kilmarnock look impeccable to be fair to them um, their record on the other group was exceptional in terms of goals scored um, I think it's going to be 18 or something in 5 games even though they only won 3 to 5 which is very very confusing but just how quickly they've managed to get recruit good youth players um, which is obviously something that not many have necessarily broken to the first team in the last decade or so but you see somebody like Matty Todd, who's exceptional. Uh, I believe the midfielder, I think it'd be very hard to keep him past the summer. Lewis McCarry's come in, very effective up top. I mean, the, the, you're now seeing boys, whether it's by design or just by, by good fortune in terms of, of timing, come into the first team now. And I think every team, every Duffield fan, not every fan, every football fan wants a kind of local report with a player in that. Such like uh, Stevie Crawford, for example. Everybody loves Stevie Crawford, not because he was just an uh, exceptionally good football for Dunfermline, but because he was a local lad as well. Uh, everybody wants to see a local lad. It's, um, it's good that the, the team's uh, going into the semi final. Uh, again, that's the, the 14th of March. So uh, if, you, if you can, uh, it's always uh, probably about a fiver, usually, uh, for, for kind of yeah, the sadly, teams. Sadly, it's at like Ainsley Park in Edinburgh. Oh, well, but if you've got a free Tuesday, yeah, free Tuesday night or that, yeah. it's just if you if you if you find yourself in Edinburgh and uh, you want to you want to head out to, to Pilton Way, then uh, then that's uh, that's the game for you. Portuguese voice. <laughs> last day, uh, last point uh, within the games. Uh, Dunfermline announced uh, announced a uh, friendly in the summer with Celtic's favourite German side, Saint Pauli. <laughs> Uh, obviously, there was an absolute uptake of Celtic fans having a, an instant uh, desire to, to profess their, their love of Dunfermline Athletic. There'll be a lot of moth in Dunfermline strips being looked out in the summer. Now, it says there'll be loads of people wondering why Craig Brewster's not starting, <laughs> where Barry Nicholson is, and why Scott Wilson isn't on the pitch. <laughs> uh, like this is one of the advantages I suppose of having foreign ownership yeah. uh, with links to it. I think the common link here is Thomas Megal, who's player, coach, assistant, sporting director, fucking big man at the club, you know what I mean? Uh, had every job going there. St. <clears throat> Pellier obviously taking the opportunity to come over to Scotland to maybe increase, I don't know, sporting ties, links in the community as such. <laughs> join join the Green Brigades. <laughs> I think they, well, they, Everybody loves a glamour tie. Uh, I remember uh, seeing. Uh, I reckon. I reckon this must have been. Oh, if you're twenty nine, they can't go on for thirty. Right. I reckon it must have been about seventeen, eighteen year ago. There, uh, Dunfermline played a, a friendly against Osasuna, and I know that they're not the kind the, the biggest side but going. I say, but it's it's a name. It's a it's a Spanish side. Mm. It was it was a bit of a glamour tie. Uh, it was the summer, obviously, so it was it kind of was it was it was night. It was a nice day for it. That um, I think uh, it was only about kind of a couple of quid to get in. There was to be be more now, but uh, with inflation. But it was a nice day. My granddad took me, and that's just uh, again a good time. Now uh, hopefully, again uh, the same thing happens with uh, St. Pauli. Obviously, there is going to be the the Celtic element there, uh, just just with the with the culture of the club and. Uh, uh, so so on to the transfers there, Mike. Uh, they've firmly made some moves uh, in, in, in January, but, uh, bringing in you uh, and uh, uh, two from, from Celtic uh, B on loan, a uh, 20-year-old centre-back. Uh, I've seen him play against Cowan Beef uh, at the start of the season. Uh, personally, I thought he was he was quite shaky and and Cowan uh, Beef caused him no ends of trouble. Uh, we touched upon it in the Morris Miners uh, track that Cowan Beef had a, a poor team at the start of the season. We caused them troubles. He, he also got a goal, a constellation goal against them in the last kind of minutes. But he also has been seen to to have done enough to to for a Jason McPeak to bring him in as a as a loan signer. I think it's more of a case of who, who can I, who can I get to provide depth because defence is definitely the one position where you see a kind of lack of. Boy, not boys come through as such, but just where are, where are the numbers? Where can I get get a guy to come in? Um, so I, th- I think with Sam Fisher going out, who was obviously brought great depth and balance to the defence, I think um, Dunfermline are missing him tremendous, tremendously because the goals went down 
uh, conceded went down when he left. Sorry, goals conceded went up when he left, and the clean sheet rate went down after he departed back to Dundee. So I think he's I think he is brought because he's a bit versatile. He's played left back and defensive midfield for Clyde in League One before. So it's not a case of like this guy is tremendous. He's got a slot right in, but he's just that he's just a body who could provide competition for places with Brisbane. Maybe he can kick one a wee bit more. Um, I don't think he is going to be the the, the saviour of the Dunfermline season. He's going to win, win us the title, etc. But it's just a, a good body to have in the mix there. And they also the the kind of the big one was uh, Paul, McG- uh, Paul McGowan coming uh, in on loan from Dundee. They really sh- a bit uh, <laughs> uh, a bit of a, a polarising character. I was going to say also uh, has his has his uh, off field issues, but. Um, uh, certainly a, a good addition to the side, especially one that's that's uh, hunting uh, might, uh, as you say, not not uh, perhaps a saviour, but maybe just enough to tip the balance in Dunfermline's uh, favour. Has uh, done it all and seen it all in, in Scottish football, so a uh, good addition. Yeah, I think the fact he's kept his nose clean for five years now that makes a record, yeah. does it? <laughs> so I mean, you're, you're free, you can do what you like now. Um, obviously, McPig knows him well as a teammate and as manager. Uh, Dundee he relied upon him tremendously if he needs to play and start every game then I'd be a bit worried but if he's coming and making 35 minute cameras like he gets Queen of safe starts the odd game here and there and the fixture's a bit congested the fact he gets slaughtered a few places he brings up standards uh, he brings up the professionalism as much as the off-field antics maybe dispute that and the fact he's a one face bastard as well I think actually does help because if you make a slack pass in training and it's a 18 year old midfielder that's making it he's not going to shout at you but if it, you make a slack pass and it's the hairy ass Paul McGowan uh, uh, and you've missed past it he might have a go at you and then you'll do better well the idea is you do better next time but I think he he wants to bring in he wants to set standards highly he wants to win something in his career um, so I think it's just a good solid signing uh, probably a good move for himself as well with him um, being 35 year old he's probably coming to the last uh, Kind of season at a, at a high standard, also uh, topping the championship. Uh, maybe his idea of putting himself into the window of, of maybe uh, getting a, a part time gig at say an Adrianians or even uh, if he can if he wants to do the travel to to, to have a, a full time uh, last kind of full time gig at uh, Queen of South. So his opportunity to 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 show what he can do at, at League One level. The uh, last one was uh, Mike, uh, sorry, Miller F- Fenton coming in uh, back on loan, fro- well, back in from loan uh, where, where he was at Bear Rangers. Yeah, he's always a stranger fan because he came in immediately as part of the squad when he was a 16 year old discover um, and never really got his opportunities. Then he's he's, he's played jibs and drabs with Dunfermline in, in the cup competitions, but when you've got a boy in front of you like Josh Edwards, who's young himself, not as young as uh, Fenton, just still a teenager. But it's, it's going to be hard to displace him when he's never present in the squad. So I understand the need to bring him back as cover because there wasn't the numbers there. If Edwards did go down, hopefully it doesn't the remainder of the campaign. But I think it's just a smart move to bring a guy back that's had six months experience at a low league team. Um, I think he played for East Fife and uh, League Two before as well. I suppose the idea is where to find him game time moving forward if he has an exceptional talent. Yogi Hughes said he's the kind of guy that shakes your hand and looks you in the eye and if <laughs> go by Yogi Hughes Paranor makes a good footballer he seems to be at the very top of the list in that instance but um, yeah I think it's just what I just want to provide numbers more so than anything and then uh, we've already talked about Sam Fisher uh, returning to Dundee but uh, Sam Young went out to County Beef uh, thanks very much for that uh, it was described as Morris Ross uh, by Morris Ross as a Rolls Royce uh, also quite lauded by by uh, a manager who, who uh, has played at the, the highest level in Scotland so he uh, also had a clean sheet his debut against Caledonian Braves he uh, went on to, to lose 1-0 against uh, Cumbernauld Colts but as a uh, from all intents and purposes settled in very well at Cowan Beef uh, probably a, a good way of, uh, uh, of bloodying him without having too much expectation on him also um, he played a few few for, uh, for yourselves but perhaps just uh, having that kind of Atmosphere that isn't, uh, well, also can be found in any danger of going down this year. They're not in any danger of, of having to, to try and make a promotion push. So, 
maybe his way of uh, of uh, of getting solid game time with with us and then uh, and then pushing on for for Dunfermline's first team next year. Yeah, you're not throwing a, throwing a kid into the deep end, um, so you're giving them that experience with a manager who has high high expectations of his squad going forward. But there's really nothing, like you said, to play for there. So in terms of you could come in. Don't see too many Rolls Royces shouldn't kind of beef, so that, that's, that's evidently something that's going in towards his favour. And it's kind of strange in a sense because you don't see Morris Ross lavish plays too much on, on uh, anything really in life, to be honest. So the fact he's come in two games and he's described them as a, a very expensive motor car, then uh, explains that maybe this is maybe the start of a, a good career for the, for the young man. I mean, 17 playing centre, centre half at any level, I mean, you've got to try and command things dictate to our players who um, are more experienced to you as well that could be very daunting but if he's proved himself up to that task then yeah fair play and the last one was Andy Todd Jr uh, quite quite well rated at Dunfermline he's moved up north to Elgin City on loan for the, for, uh, on the last day of the window yeah I mean I think it's as much as a case of trying to get him minutes because that's a very hard midfield to break into it seems to be very settled going prices midfield up there and uh, Borough Briggs but in terms of, it's maybe a kick up the arse as well. It's like saying, listen, you've got the potential to go far. We all know your dad's beloved at the club. And I'm not saying he's, he, is, he is like this by any means because he seems to have applied himself brilliantly. But if you don't apply that talent that you've got in the years going forward, then you'll find yourself at Elgin. You won't find yourself Dunfermline or uh, the ideal up the leagues. I'll say uh, Elgin now. Elgin having a, an all right season in, in League Two. Uh, probably looking at the, the hopefully trying to, to make that push for the playoffs. So. Would have that that experience. So if if they do get there of of fighting fighting a promotion battle, which obviously Dunfermline will be wanting to do in the next couple of seasons up in the championship. So obviously it gives him the the chance to to bloody himself in, in a bit of a promotion battle without the uh, without the kind of uh, heartbreak that, that would happen if if it was a say a Dunfermline. No, absolutely. These young guys need the right the right like you said the right place to grow and develop. It's not a case of just thrown them to any old club, uh, it needs to be considered moving forward that. Loans are important for a kid's development, where you, where you send them to is uh, vitally important as well. Sometimes it's your pal, which is fair enough because you know what you're going to get from them, but there does need to be a kind of target approach with developing players. Uh, kind of touched on it already, but uh, going into March, Mike, uh, also have uh, five fixtures coming up, a uh, home double header against Aloha and then Falkirk. And then with uh, Elms North to Peterhead, then Montrose, either side of a visit from Edinburgh. Uh, obviously, said that in the next kind of three that you wanted uh, at least seven points. Uh, certainly, you don't want to lose against Falkirk, but it's a it's a it's a a, a, a good mix of a of a, a month that uh, uh, you you probably be expecting the a couple of uh, well a tough game against Falkirk but also Alwa's always got the got the potential to, to mix up. You'd want a reaction against uh, Peterhead and also Montrose of of course a bit of a pass on and Edinburgh uh, floating about the, the playoffs as well. So it's maybe not the easiest of fixtures but it's certainly not it's certainly not breaking the bank to see his do well that day and uh, coming up in March. Yeah, I think eleven to thirteen points should be enough. It gets you gets you moving towards the right direction. I think there's only six games after that. Obviously, the five games in April and the season ender against Alwa. You're hoping by the time it gets to the the the, 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 the sun's uh, out for longer. You're hoping that the season's already put to bed. And uh, I think this is the month where it has to be put to bed as such. Not mathematically, of course, but. I think in all realistic terms, if they feel put the bed, uh, title to bed this month, then very happy. And also because it gives you make take more time moving forward to know what division he's in. You can make player recruitment um, decisions, and everybody that comes just more happy. It gives you more chances to laugh at Falkirk down the stretch. Hey, the last point I've got is a. Uh, also, you've got a bit of a rivalry running right now on Twitter uh, with with Falkirk. <laughs> A fan group, so uh, would you like to, to touch on that then? Listen lads, you're, you're welcome to write me on any time, I am more welcome to field your abuse and questions in equal measure, but just remember, um, you've got to dish out, but you've also got to take it. <laughs> uh, uh, well, uh, if there's nothing else for, for you to add on, uh, thanks very much, uh, thanks for listening and uh, we'll see you next time, hopefully uh, with, with a good match in, in hand. I, I, I like to say 
Celtic aren't uh, attention seekers, but uh, I always I always liken them to the younger sibling who, on on seeing that the, the older sibling's getting a bit of attention, starts jumping up and down. I don't know if uh, I told you, Mike, but you know, so I'm a Planet Fargyle supporter, and Planet Fargyle got to Wembley. On Facebook, I'm a, I'm a, a member of a Planet Fargyle fan site, just can, can usual stuff, posting pictures of, of old, Devon, uh, old Devonport and, uh, and Home Park. Uh, Ken talking about the games afterwards, I came making fun of Exeter and I woke up, uh, it had been on Friday morning, I woke up to a mess well, a, a message that was put onto the onto the the feed uh, from from a Celtic fan. And basically kind the gist of it was uh, when I was in the forces I went down to see Blanith so I've always quite liked them. Your fans are brilliant, almost as good as Celtics, which I thought, well, what is it? She says, well done on getting to Wembley. I'm hoping for a double act of green uh, when we beat the tribute act on Sunday. And uh, I, I just... Shamrock. I, shamrock. I, 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 Shamrock. I, 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 I hate both the old firm. I absolutely hate the, hate the, the both of them. And that says, uh, always hate the kind of patronising stuff. Uh, we're also talking about them, them coming out the woodwork with the with the St. Pauli uh, friendly being announced. With the St. Pauli friendly being announced, they're coming out the woodwork. Oh, we'll have to have a, a trip through to the Kingdom of Fife. Oh, and that says, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be getting tickets for that again. Yep, yep, they hail, hail, all that. Like, says, I assumed that following Plymouth Argyle as far south as an English league team as you can get would have saved me from having to read shite like that. So it's, lo and behold, there is no depth to how much they'll attention seek. Nah. So what is a, a joyous occasion of uh, Plymouth Argyle getting to the, the uh, Wembley for the first time in their history, first being 1996 and then 2016, We've now got a bit of a a, a, a patronising pat on the back from our green neighbours to the north. Uh, there you are. And, uh, um, obviously, Dunfermline's got to go through that in the summer. I'm putting that in the end as an outtake. I'm putting this in after <laughs> the Christmas thing. That was, that was absolutely tremendous. Um, what's, the, what's the time there? I'm just going to make a cut point in there. I'll put that in the good day transfers. Right, so that's about 40 minutes. That's fine. <clears throat> Take five seconds and then just go yeah. and transfers.